It's time we start talking about Brock Purdy as an MVP. Why aren't we considering him top half of the league in the quarterback rankings? Why not start considering him top 10? His team is awesome around him. Brock Purdy should be an MVP candidate. Purdy! Steady Brocking all game long. We begin to Brock. Purdy! Brock until the game is done. I have confirmation. The Purdy request is in. Yes. For him to join his fan club <laughs> Hello. here on Unsportsmanlike. Hello. Would we be able to keep it together if we no. spoke to Brock? No. Yeah. And the clip that we just played is from a show from weeks ago, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We've been on this. We it, have to make sure we don't scare Brock off when he does come on the show, though. Well, so I don't is, think we can sing oh, no, the theme song. No, we sing it on yeah. the way out, not on the way in. We can't scare him off before the interview. He's well, got to know that how much we love I, him. I know. I, I, think he'll, I think he'll feel the love. I think he'll know that this is a soft place to land. You know who I want to interview? Brock Purdy's roommate right party's roommate like i'm sure it's, i'm sure it's been a wild ride i don't know if he has that roommate anymore but Brock Purdy's roommate, I mean, I'm sure he wants to ride the wave, whoever it is. Let me tell you, he plays this well. He's going to have a lot of roommates, I think, moving forward in his life. He's going to have a nice time. Whoa. Well, you're this good? And for that team, Whoa. you could have anybody living with you at that Whoa. point. CeCe knows I'm right, so he just says, whoa, 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 because he knows I'm right. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. So the Brock Purdy love has certainly picked up here, rightfully so, deservedly so. He's been awesome. He is legitimately an MVP candidate. His MVP odds have actually increased over the last couple of weeks. And Rex Ryan, former NFL head coach, ESPN NFL analyst, was on with Greeny yesterday, 10 to noon here on ESPN Radio. And, um, well told us that Brock Purdy reminds him of someone. Reminds me of Joe Montana. The guy's hard to beat. Well, he hadn't been beat. But what I see, too, is that poise and that mobility and the accuracy in the pocket and outside the pocket. His eyes are always down the field. He's looking. Yeah, he can scramble, but he also is looking to, okay, my guy's coming open. He throws guys open. Timing, the anticipation, the guy is absolute money. And to me, so much of that reminds me of Joe Montana. Well, that's an interesting one. Charlie Weiss, four-time winning Super Bowl assistant coach with the New England Patriots. Brady's former offensive coordinator in New England. uh, Talked about Brock Purdy with us on Unsportsmanlike yesterday. You can go back and listen to yesterday's show on the ESPN app. Right now, I think Purdy's the MVP of the league as we speak. We talk about all those players around him. I think he's almost underappreciated in San Francisco because... Everyone wants to talk about McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, and they want to talk about everyone but him. You watched the game last night. It wasn't like he wasn't throwing balls into tight windows. I mean, he had one throw to Ayuk that was behind him a little bit to his back shoulder. Other than that, the guy played a flawless game. I mean, he's playing unbelievably. He's cool, calm. He reminds me a lot of Tom. So here's what happens. And Tom being Brady, and we were talking about the situational nature of the late-round draft pick, the small salary on a really good team and outperforming the contract. Here's what happens. Guy comes out of nowhere. We all take notice to him. We're building him up. And at some point, he has that one little letdown game, and everybody wants to blame him for why San Francisco is not undefeated, let's say. Mm -hmm. What is the proper comp for him right now? Where, Where, I mean, Montana... 
Brady the situation? What is the proper – is it just simply Garoppolo who was there before him? What is the proper comp? Well, we just had the graphic up on the TV side. He's outperforming Tom Brady and Joe Montana through the first five games of the second season of an NFL career. So why wouldn't we put his name with those two? Because of where he was drafted? Like, I'm, I'm really sick of this yeah, but with Brock Purdy. If this was Trevor Lawrence who was in – San Francisco right now doing this with the 49ers. Do you think we would blink an eye at putting him in the same category as those two all-time greats? No, we wouldn't. But I think the reason why we reference all-time greats is because there are so few comps to what Brock Purdy is and Mm -hmm. seeing a meteoric rise of a guy that was a late-round pick. Think about it. Tom Brady was a late-round pick. Joe Montana was a mid-round pick. Jimmy Garoppolo, who quarterbacked the San Francisco 49ers to multiple conference championship games in the Super Bowl, that guy was a second-round pick. That's a premium pick in the NFL. So there are expectations relative to where you're drafted. We don't have high expectations where we didn't have high expectations when Brock Purdy came in when Jimmy G got hurt last year. I think it was against the Miami Dolphins. And this guy set the world on fire. I mean, he's won his first 10 starts. I think we have to look at these outliers throughout NFL history because – there's nobody else to compare him to. So th- that's why we always reference this. I don't think it's too early. I do think we provide the proper context because it's such a small sample size. But I don't want to, in doing that, minimize what Brock Purdy has done and what he means to San Francisco and his place in the overall landscape of the quarterback position in the National Football League. This guy is playing it at a higher level than pretty much everybody else. Well, that's the thing. So. We, I, I use the word situationally, right? Because I think when we compare anybody to Tom Brady or Michael Jordan, it's like, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, right? And I do the same thing. I would react that way if anybody compares anybody to Michael Jordan. But situationally, we have a low-round draft pick who's outperforming his contract on a really good team who's there at least initially, don't make mistakes, do your job, who's now evolving over the course of time to he's the not just the don't-make-mistake guy, but actually throw the ball downfield and make some plays. Mm-hmm. That was Tom Brady, right? That is exactly what Tom Brady was. Now, the actual style of play, when you look at him, Chris, who does he look like out there? Stylistically, I think it's more Joe Montana than Tom Brady. He's got more movement skills than that. And you certainly see that on display in Kyle's offense. But the only retort or only pushback that I would give to the Brock Purdy hype train would be if the San Francisco 49ers don't get to a conference championship game or if they don't get to a Super Bowl, What's the reason that we could see them falling short? It will be the quarterback, Brock Purdy. See, I don't the, see that. I don't, think, I don't think we have any other questions about this 49ers team. I don't think we have a question about their defense. I don't think we question anything on the offensive side of the ball. He's got playmakers. He's got adequate protection. I, I don't, if, the four, if you were to tell me today the 49ers lost in the divisional round and asked me what I think it would be, I would point to the quarterback before any other area of the team. And I think that's what gives a lot of people cause to pause when it comes to wanting to believe that Brock Purdy should be in the conversation with guys like Pat Mahomes, like Jalen Hurts for MVP of the league. But why would you come to that conclusion that it was Brock Purdy? Has he given you any indication, um, small sample size, but any indication up until this point that he would be the reason why they would stumble or falter? No, no indication. The only the only thing that I would point to is just such a small sample size. Now, he got knocked out in the conference championship game against the Eagles. He had the UCL injury. Right. And so you wonder, you know, could there be a durability issue with Brock Purdy? Because we haven't seen him play a full season. So maybe that factors into the math. But I, I don't see... I don't see this San Francisco 49ers team getting stopped based on how complete they are, the roster that John and Kyle have been able to put together out there. I just, if, if this team does not realize expectations, I think most people 
would point to the quarterback being the reason down the road. I get it. It's a hypothetical. We don't know. We have to let the season unfold. We still got 12 more in the regular season. But if you were to say to me that the San Francisco 49ers didn't get to the championship rounds, I would point to the quarterback before I would point anywhere else. See, I think it's interesting if we use past success or failures or lack of past experience, right? Because you're just saying, hey, he hasn't done it. He hasn't been there, et cetera. And he got hurt. Right. Well, based on all that, then if you say, why would they not succeed the way that they should succeed? I'd go Kyle Shanahan. He's actually had moments in two Super Bowls. One as an offensive coordinator with Atlanta, and the other one, obviously, is the head coach of the San Francisco, where his play calling late is not great in the Super Bowl. And that he's actually hurt his team. I would say the play calling in that Super Bowl 51 against the Patriots was awful in the second half, not calling more run plays. The play calling in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs was not on Kyle Shea. Like, that wasn't the issue. It was Jimmy Garoppolo not hitting the throw. Like, he had a wide open receiver. I think it was Emmanuel Sanders. You got to hit that throw. The guy, the guy, is, the guy is wide open by any standard. Like you got, that's a layup throw for a quarterback. That, and that's why everybody made a big deal of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch going all in to find another quarterback to upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't think they thought they would get here the way that they did, investing in Trey Lance, but then finding Brock Purdy with the last pick in the draft. Well, that's an interesting one. As we look back on it, and I say this as a complimentary way to Purdy, which one was the bigger mistake? It's drafting Lance at three or passing on Purdy seven other times or six other times. Because if you think about it, technically they're both mistakes. Because if you knew Purdy was going to be this good, you'd never wait to the last pick in the draft to draft. Same thing with Brady, right? The Patriots always say it all the time. They own it. Hey, we passed on this guy a million times. We don't deserve that much credit. But they technically made a mistake in both spots. Well, yeah, they made a mistake. But how you get him is how you get him. I mean, the draft is an auction block. I, I mean, I... Yeah, you, you hate that you invested so much in Trey and that it ends up being a sunk cost, but you found the quarterback. Right. Either you, you found the quarterback. So if yeah. I told you you give up three first-round draft picks and you give up a seventh-round draft pick and you're going to have your quarterback for the next dozen years, you'll say, okay, I'll sign up for that. Do you really care if it's the guy that you took in the first round or the guy that you took in the seventh round? Me? No. Because yeah. the result is the same. This is a guy that can play championship football for my team. This is a guy that gives me above average to good to hopefully outstanding quarterback play over the next decade plus. I'll sign up for that any day, and I think that's where Kyle and John Lynch stepped into it. They stepped in it when they found Brock Purdy, and this is going to be their guy, and there's no reason to believe that this team can't compete with the likes of the Philadelphia Eagles, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and any other team that fancies themselves as a true title contender. But if Brock Purdy was the quarterback that they gave up all that capital to attain, I think we would be viewing him differently. No doubt. And that's no so doubt. unfair to him. No doubt. Okay, let's play that out for a second. So let's say they gave up three first-round picks. This is the quarterback they have, and this is the production they have. They have never lost a game with him as a starter from start to finish, and he doesn't throw interceptions. He's worth three first-rounders. If you do it retroactively, right, yeah. has his play been worth three first-rounders? Hell yeah, it's been worth three first-rounders. <laughs> we're talking right? about him as the MVP. I mean, I, what we're saying is we started this conversation by playing a, a, a piece of sound from Rex Ryan comparing him to Joe Montana and a piece of sound from Charlie Weiss comparing him to Tom Brady, and we're saying neither of them are unfair. Think about that. That is worth five first-round picks. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, the, based on we're playing the results. Now, if you say, hey, all right, would you give up three first rounders in the future for whatever Brock Purdy's future would be? Maybe there's a different story. But for me, I'll give up three first rounders right now for his future. If you're telling me, just use my team as a Pats fan, I have to give up my next three first rounders and I can get that guy? I'm done. 
Yeah, but just think about how much roster flexibility the 49ers have because they have a quarterback on the cheap. Think about all the cap space that the 49ers have. Nobody has more cap space than San Francisco right now. So they can potentially still add to this team, and they can be a better version of themselves at the end of the season in comparison to what we see now. That is a scary proposition, (laughs) but that's only possible because you got Brock Purdy giving you some of the best quarterback play that we're seeing from anybody around the NFL. So if you had to vote right now, Every one of us had a vote right now for the MVP. We got to hand in a ballot, theoretically, to the league. Who are you voting for for the MVP? Because I'm voting Purdy. I mean, it's hard to vote against Purdy because it's not only— Who else is coming to your mind? But but here's here's what I'll say, and I want to expand on that point. It's not just what he does on the field, but it's what he allows your team to be. Quite literally, the value. The V in most MVP is the value. So it's not only the value above replacement for Brock Purdy, but it's because he's so cheap— relative to other quarterbacks of his ilk, what he allows you to do with filling out the rest of your roster. There's a reason why San Francisco has all pro players all over the place on the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, all three levels. There's a reason why they could pay Nicky Bosa $34 million a year. It's because you have Brock Purdy making nine hundred grand a year. Listen, <laughs> nobody's sneezing at nine hundred grand. Nine hundred grand is a I lot of it. it's a lot of money for the everyday Joe. But nine hundred grand relative to the best quarterbacks in the NFL is chump change. We're seeing Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow just got paid fifty five million dollars a year. So Brock Purdy is making fifty three point one million dollars less than Joe Burrow is. That is insane. And Joe Burrow you, feels worth it too. That's the crazy yeah. part. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that but that I know. Is, and that is, minus that is, that is the value that. of Brock Purdy. So if we're factoring in the contract as well as the play on the field, then yeah, he's the MVP going away in this league. Let me ask you a question. Is he the best player on his team? Yes, I think he is. Now, here's why. Here's you why. Think he's the best player on, on that team. Hold on, hold on. Here's why. There's a caveat to this, right? He plays the most important position no, on the field. I'm, I'm just so by, asking. By his perfection, he allows other guys to matter. If Eli Manning stunk every single game, Chris Canty doesn't matter as much. The player, not the person. I'm saying that if the quarterback puts you into that deficit, the greatness of a player, Canty, Strahan, Tuck, whoever's on that OCU Manura, doesn't matter. So, yes. I don't know. That's a tough. That's a great. That's a great question. CMC. That's a great question. There's a lot of guys in the running for best player on that team, but you're able to put together that kind of, of course, team because you got Brock Purdy. But I'm just saying, and they don't have of... to pay him for another year and a half. Think about it. They don't have to pay him after this season. They don't. They, they'd have to pay him after the 2024 season. So they're gonna still be able to do this in the next off. This 2024 off season, they're gonna be buyers. <laughs> They, they can go That's shopping disgusting. and do some more. It's unbelievable. Remember, they can't extend him. Not even that, even if they wanted to. By league yeah. rules, they can't. Coming up, Niners wouldn't fit under this. Who's the worst team in the league? If it's the Giants, maybe. If it's not, who else could be? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alone, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You can give us a call at 888-SAY-ESPN, at UnsportsESPN as part of the Dr. Pepper call-in and X in, tweet in line, I guess we want to say. Uh, exit. I don't know. It's called X, right? I still call it tweeting. Me too. Me too. I'm, yeah. I'm over the whole So then whole we're going to say tweet in line. We're just yeah, going to say yeah, that. Yeah, I'm over the whole Inbox. X yeah. When you say tweet, people know what you mean. Yeah. Stop trying to call it X. It's yeah. never going to happen. Elon Musk like just, he just decides he wants to be weird. He wants things to get weird all the time. He decided all that? All the time. <laughs> yeah. He decided he, that a long time ago. He's the one that changed the name of it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we, we have out there, but look, how about this? For early poll results on this, mm. which outcome is more likely for the Patriots? Belichick fired in season or Patriots make, make the playoffs? Mm-hmm. 51% say Belichick fired in season. 49% say Patriots make playoffs. That's about so right. Close. Which is interesting that it's that equal in terms of where and which people are going right now for that conversation, which we can get your phone calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN. But we asked the question about the worst team in the NFL. If you had to give that crown right now, not necessarily one you want. And by the way, let me add one thing. Per NFL Network, it looks like Justin Jefferson, receiver for the Vikings, is going to go on the IR. He's going to be out for four games at least here. So if you want to factor that into your decision-making, the worst team right now in the NFL is? I I don't want to say it's my team. I don't want to say it's the New York Giants. But I think I have to, Smalls. I was going to say. I think I have to. The Giants are bad. They've only played one half of good football, and that was in week two out in the desert against the Arizona Cardinals. That's their claim to fame, being able to come back from, what was that, a 17-point deficit and find a way to win that game. So, I, I mean, that that's that's where we're at. They have the worst scoring differential in the NFL by a country mile. They have a minus 91 scoring differential, minus 91-point scoring differential. The next closest team is the New England Patriots had minus 76. So they've got the worst scoring differential by a country mile. And then they've also have the worst sack differential. Their, their quarterback has been sacked 25 more times than the opponent's quarterback. Just, just take 25. inventory. 25. Now, think about the Washington Commanders let Sam Howell get sacked like it's going out of style. Maybe Sam Howell lets himself get sacked like it's going out of style. The Chicago Bears, we know how, how much Justin Fields is under siege. Those teams have a minus 13 sack differential. The Giants are at minus 25. Minus 25. This is a really bad football team. They don't do anything well. They, they, they're a penalized team. They have a lot of unforced errors. Not to mention there's a huge talent deficiency seemingly every time they line up. I think we have to give that crown to the New York Giants as the worst team in football. As a Pats fan, I go to the place of could my team beat that team, right? And I think that my, te- I think my team could beat the Giants, Panthers, and Bears. I think. I'm not you don't, so- you don't know. On. You CC, don't know. CC, I said I think. 
Yeah. I'm not sold on that. And by the way, I don't know that my team could beat the Jets with the current version of, of Zach Wilson. They beat him with that first version of Zach Wilson. Yeah, I don't— The I don't, current version of him, no, I don't know about. I don't think they could either. We haven't even brought up the Broncos. I think the Broncos are a little bit better than some of these teams, but maybe not here. So who's the worst team, Smalls? I mean, we can't let Carolina come out of here unscathed. They haven't yeah. won a game, and we're talking about benching Bryce Young. Fair. You know how I talk about the shroud of meh that covers some teams? Like yeah. the L.A. Chargers, right? We we don't talk about them because they don't have a huge fan base. But they're, they're uninspiring and uninteresting. Don't you feel like Carolina falls in that same conversation? I mean, they drafted Bryce Young. They had the number one overall pick. We're talking about five weeks into the season, it going so poorly that he might get benched for his own good. But yet we're we're likely going to talk about the Broncos and the Giants and the Patriots as worst teams in the NFL. The Panthers haven't won a game, yeah. and yet we won't even really bring them up as a failure or consider them as the worst team in the NFL. There's but I think it's relative to the expectations that we had coming in, right? We didn't think Carolina was going to be great. Bryce Young, there's a reason why they needed the number one overall pick to get a quarterback. It's not a good football team. And we knew that they're changing their identity. They changed their head coach. They had some movement in their front office. So, so we, we figured – that it would be a work in progress. I don't think we thought it would be this bad. But talk about the fall from grace that the New York Giants have experienced. This was a team that was playing in the divisional round in the playoffs last year. Oh, yeah. And and they are awful right now. They're bottom three when it comes to penalties in the NFL. They're tied with the Dallas Cowboys for third most penalized team in the league. So this is after having the coach of the year in Brian Dabo in his first season. I just – there couldn't be – a more glaring discrepancy ter- in terms of swings and being on the opposite end of the spectrum what we saw from the Giants last season to what they are this season. I, I don't think a lot of people envision that the Giants would be a team that would go on a deep playoff run this year, but certainly we didn't see the Giants being in contention for the number one overall pick either. I think this is actually a great thing for the Giants. You're not going to want to admit to admit it. You're not going to want to own it because it's your team. You played for them. Yeah. But if you think about it logically – Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. Not a great quarterback. Not a championship-winning quarterback. Closer probably to bad at times than he is great, right? I think he's an average quarterback. Fine. 16, 17, middle of the road, whatever you want to say. How do you get closer to a top 10, top 5 quarterback? This is the way to do it. That there's a structure and a foundation in place based on what Brian Dayball has done. They could have hovered around that 9-8, 10-7 mark, slipped into the playoffs, not won a game, classy organization, all-time great franchise, but they don't have a franchise quarterback. They paid him as such. He's got one more year, basically, where they're going to pay him as such without maybe getting rid of him. Mm-hmm. You have a rookie quarterback next year. He can be a backup, which if people are listening to the show for the first time, thank you. If you're listening to the show for the second or third time, you know me. I love having the rookie as a backup. I don't want him as a starter. Daniel Jones, you've described as the most expensive bridge quarterback in the history of football I actually think the Giants are in a good situation right now. I think you're looking at it backwards. I think you're looking at it backwards because you're a fan of the team, rightfully so. The same way, by the way, I'm probably looking at the Patriots backwards. They needed to bottom out at some point. It's just weird for teams like New England and the Giants. It's and not the weird Steelers. for the Giants. We've been bottoming out since oh, the 2011 true. championship. That's true. It's not weird for us. It, we're, we're used to this place. It doesn't. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're used to this. We're familiar. Historically, <laughs> it doesn't feel that way. Right? But you're right. They've actually been really bad over since basically since Odell the got on the boat. decade, they've been in the playoffs yeah, twice. You have your name on the parking spot. They know you. Since Odell got on the boat. That's when it all changed. Oh. No, if you look at their record, since Odell Beckham Jr., with the Tims and the Jeans shirtless, got on the boat in Miami, their record's been terrible. But bottoming out this poorly, 
I actually think is is a pretty good thing for the New York Giants. But yeah, they may be the worst team in the league. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, will join us next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. The Road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You know, before we get to football with this guy, Jeff Saturday, of course, ESPN NFL analyst joins us in studio. I, I didn't realize the level of fandom. How important are the Atlanta Braves, your hometown team, oh. to you? And how big was that game for you last so night? So big. So I'm texting Himbo. <laughs> I'm texting Himbo back and forth. He's talking trash to me. I mean, my, my, I, I was hurting. We hadn't scored a run. I'm like, what happened? We haven't scored a freaking run. And then all of a sudden, and when Riley hit the home, one hand, right foot off the gl- I mean, it was unbelievable. Left hand on the bat, right foot off the ground. It still takes it yard. Go up five, and then we got Harper on first base, top of the night to close the thing out, bro. I was jumping around my hotel room. I'm texting all my boys. We're all on the text chain going nuts. It was big time. I mean, listen, we go way back to the early '90s, right? When, when all this Sid Bream days, you know what I mean? Like we go way back. Bob Horner back in the way day. Oh, but this Bob has been, Horner Bob just Horner, got dropped yeah, here. Wow, yeah. Claudell Washington, bro. Yeah. We got we, we, Glenn Hubbard. We go all the way around, dog. And because Dale Murphy's like the cliche, everybody knows Dale, but everybody else, man, we had some good squads and. To, to do this, because if we went down 2 yeah. 0, I'm just going to let y'all know I'd have been sick. Because yeah. you, you know you're not going to win the series. Nope. And, and I was, I was that's like, the long, that's the long goodbye at this point. Kind of like what's going on no with doubt. the Dodgers that's and the right. D backs. Yeah, you don't want to be in it's that It's over. Position. It's over. So I was, yeah. I was really happy. I'm waiting for an Eddie Perez drop and that he can only <laughs> catch Maddox for some reason. I never under, And Javi Lopez could never catch Greg Maddox. Love you. But Eddie Perez was amazing. I love All you. All right, Jeff, let's have you weigh in on our poll question we've been talking about today. And it's, and it's out of extremes for a reason. More likely for the Pats. They fire Belichick in season, or Belichick turns this around and makes the playoffs. Oh, either or. <laughs> oh, they're not going to fire him in the season. So I'll, I'll say, but I'm not going to. I'm definitely not going to say they're going to make the playoffs. So I'm, 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 I'm abstaining. I'm abstaining. Okay, <laughs> because they're not going to fire him, but they're dang straight going to make the playoffs. So I would say more likely they would fire him than make. The, there's no way they're making the playoffs. So. Yeah, that's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I think it's slim to none. None. I mean, slim walked out the door, but I, but I would say they have a better chance of firing him. Playoffs, 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 playoffs. Jeff, I mean, when we start breaking down the winners and losers in last night's game Monday Night Football, I feel like the NFL won and the fans that watched it lost because <laughs> it was just so bad. They, so bad. They set football back a little ways. <laughs> 
But I can't help but watch that game and think about my former teammate Dan Campbell and how he's got to feel waking up today oh. about the stranglehold that the Detroit Lions have at the NFC North. I mean, you can make the argument that nobody in football had a better weekend than them. They have the largest division lead of any division leader in football. Yeah. So my question to you is, how much urgency should Detroit have about adding at the trade deadline based on what we've seen through the first five oh. games of teams in that division? Well, to your point, I think they close this thing out by Halloween, in all honesty. Like, yeah. They'll have this thing sewed up. They're, they're playing good football. They're a physical football team. As far as like trading up, though, like wh- where do you have to go to put yourself – the upper echelon, right, when you talk about the Eagles, the 49ers, like – I think Dallas is kind of like where Detroit is, right? They can get you on a good weekend, but but Detroit is much more physical of a football team. So you feel more comfortable with them going into games. But it's like, where where can you go? But this team, in my opinion, um, they could seriously push. Because this is the type of team, and you and I both know this, right? You go through a whole season, it's long. All of a sudden, at the end of the year, you get some injuries. This ain't the team you want to go see, no, right? Because no, all no, these no, dudes no. are loaded up, right? They're not afraid to be in a, you know, they ain't afraid to be in a rough and and physical football game. They're taking on the identity and the persona of their head oh, coach. You, if you know Dan as an NFL player, that's right. Oh, he's a fist fighting the phone booth that's kind of him. guy. That's, that's the kind him. of game he want to play, and yeah. that's what the Detroit Lions are. That's right, and and no one wants that in January and February. You better hope that your explosive offense shows up, because if not, that ain't the team you want to leave in it in the fourth quarter. So I think Detroit is a, is a really solid pick. I think they're a top four team in the NFC right now. And, I, and I'll be honest, everybody was kind of on them. I didn't know. I wanted to see how golf would perform when they were when they were going to play well. Like, can he consistently keep it up, not make a bad throw, not put them in a t- situation? And really, in the Seattle game that they lose, they really should have won that game yep. as well. So yep. this team could be undefeated. So I, I like what they do. I think golf has more than, um, you know, it, it been more than just adept at this football team. They they believe in him. They believe they can win with him. And, the, again, the physicality is, is, uh, is next level for the NFL. A team that is undefeated, Jeff, the San Francisco 49ers. And the Ooh. conversation has started to ramp up around Brock Purdy. Do you think he, up until this point, is the MVP of the league? There's no doubt. I mean, first of all, you're, you're the you're a starting quarterback at the best team in football right now. And so you, you have to be in there. McCaffrey. But let, I think the coolest part for me is people call him a game. He's not a game manager. Like, I think people misdi- you know, misdiagnose kind of who he is a player. The last two years, he has made more tight window throws than any quarterback in the NFL. The guy I can play. He's not just sitting back, and he's not afraid of the moment. And th- those yep. two things for a quarterback, I'm just they separate QBs. It's not always about who's got the best arm. It's you know how quickly can he deliver it. And I don't care what you call him, point guard, whatever it is. But he doesn't just manage. This guy puts the ball where it's supposed to be. He'll progress through his reads. He's not afraid to take pressure in his face and still make those throws. Um, and then the acrobatic plays, like the, you know, the, the pitch back and he dumps it over to kill, that just makes it more fun. That's Shanahan just designing fun stuff. Jeff, you know, I'm glad you brought up game manager. Why is that an insult? I, I've never understood this. So you're telling me the person that has the ball along with the center like you, right. in their hands the most, with the most opportunity for success and failure – Figures out a way of managing the game so his team can win. Right? Why is that an insult? Yeah, I think because that means he he couldn't he he can't elevate your team to win. You, you put guys in like categories of you can win with, you can win disp- you know in spite of, or you can you win because of. Guys always want to be you win because of me, right? So that middle tier. But I, I think he is a guy you win because of. And 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 again, like Jimmy G took him to three NFC championships. This team, the 49ers as a team, are fantastic. They're built extremely well. Shanahan and Lynch have done a good job. But 
the, the discre- I think it's always a kind of a slight when people say it. When you're saying it how you're framing it, yeah. I think every player will be that's a compliment. But that's not how when guys are like he's a game manager, it means well we're winning not because of him. He's just kind of part of, but but he is more than just that. Jeff, the other side of the Brock Purdy conversation this week is going to be Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. How the hell did they get off the mat after the week that they've had? Where they were hyping up this game, talking about how it was a measure stick game. My co-host, Michelle Smalls, Smallman, said they took the stick and they beat them with it. Like, how, how did the Cowboys get off the mat after that kind of game? First of all, stop making regular season games end-all, be-all games. I don't care what coaches tell you. They're, it's one of 17, bro. We need to go play good. We need to get better. We need to do all these yeah. things. But they're, you know, to your point, everybody's like, is it a must-win? Are they going home? Then no, it's not a way. A must-win is the playoffs, right? Because you go home if you don't win. But you, these kind of games are measuring six, and they did get beat with it. And and the, the problem for me is, is everybody is ripping Dak Prescott. I'm just going to tell you, I don't care who played for the, for, for the Dallas Cowboys when they played the fourth. They were getting beat because mm. they're not as good as the 49 And I said this all week leading up to it, right? McCarthy wants to slow the game down. He wants to be more thoughtful, run game oriented, which is all great. But when you go play a team that's as hot as the 49ers are right now and they're going to put points up, you got to chase points. You got one real scary receiver, like Cooks hasn't really done what they expected. Gallup has, I mean, CD Lamb is the guy, right? So take Lamb out of the game. Pollard is a good back. He's not exceptional, right? Like, like I yeah. mean, he's a good player. And again, you got to have a lot of good players. But it's, it's where do you think the Cowboys are from here? And their defense, again, got manipulated by the 49ers. And think about this. This is the part that I was probably so impressive. This you're not supposed to talk about this anymore. But how many players from the Cowboys did you see laying after plays on the field, mm-hmm. getting up, walking to the sideline? I mean, dude, they the 49ers physically took it to this football team. You, that that travels. Now, I don't care about explosive play, bro. When you start knocking dudes around, they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take this next play off. Like, you, you and I both, you go up by the huddle and go, yeah, he don't want this. He's yeah. ready to be back in Dallas. But, Jeff, speaking to the psychology of it from a player standpoint, like, if you're the Cowboys and you see them down the road, like Jerry Jones suggested last yeah, week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how does a game like this, coupled with the previous two playoff losses, Factor into their confidence that they can get it done and beat San Francisco. Yeah, you got you have to go in, in your head. In my opinion, you got to go get more physical. You have to decide. So when I was when we were with the Patriots, when I was with the, uh, the the Colts playing the Patriots, the big thing my first few years was they just physically beat us up. Right? They yeah. would they would take AFC Championship game. We were you're the high power high powered office. They hold us to three. And then we decided, you know what? We got to come right at these guys. That's where the Cowboys have to take this thing over and go, you know what? We are going to run in between the tackles. We are going to get physical, and we're going to have to meet that physicality because at the end of the day, everybody loves big plays in the NFL, but there's a point where you put your hand in the dirt and it's about this is the action. We got to go get this. Everything else opens up from there, but that's the mentality they got to get to. Uh, last thing quickly, Jeff. You said that you don't think the Patriots are going to fire Bill Belichick in season. Do you think he's going to be a head coach in the NFL next season? I do. I do. I, the big thing for me is I think the move from the Patriots is they'll do something with with roster reconstruction. They're going to bring somebody in to say, hey, Bill, like you're not going to get the ingredients and cook them right now, right? We haven't – because if you look at them – I mean, Jacoby Myers, you don't think he would – we saw him last night. He could have helped the Patriots today – I mean, last, you know, this weekend, right? Like they don't have – 
They have big receivers. They, they've kind of lost the spark of what it was. Um, they have no explosive plays in their offense, and you're not afraid of anybody making explosive plays. And defenses, as much as we want to say defensive win championships, if your offense can score some points. So when, when you're looking at how this team is built and structured, somebody's going to have to come in and go, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, and listen, I, somebody, I don't know who it was, talked about like Scott Pioli, and, I, and I'm, I'm not saying him. Did you say Scott Pioli? Yeah, me. So, yeah somebody had talked about Scott Pioli, right? And this being a – those kinds of arrangements work right. because you have a guy who is constantly looking at where can we upgrade in this 53 because it really does matter. Like just getting a little bit better on the back end of your roster makes the biggest difference. And and there is no more like this two tight end set that they think they're that ain't winning NFL right no, now. Man, no. Explosive plays matter. You better get somebody who can who can hawk on the outside and go make some of those plays. Jeff Saturday, you'll see him on Get Up today, 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN with Greeny. Awesome stuff, as always. We appreciate it. Coming up, his Braves gave a heartbreaking loss to Pat Costello, our producer's Phillies. So we'll rub it in next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. <laughs> Crush him! Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Each and every day, our producer, Pat Costello, gives us a list of things that he's over. Now, I should give some context here. He's a big Philly sports fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he, you know, the Braves <laughs> were losing last night. All games heard on ESPN Radio to the Phillies. And then the Braves came back and won. And Austin yep. Riley home run and an amazing double play to end the game where Bryce Harper may have run the bases incorrectly. Oh, and by the way, Chris Canty gave out his power rankings, and I didn't see Philly at number one, even though they're undefeated. I saw the San Francisco 49ers at number one. Pat Costello, what are you over today? Patriots fans, I'm tired of you all complaining because <laughs> I think you've had enough. You've had enough. Let other people have some wins. I think they are. Excuse me. Oh, oh my God. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, wow. We have, you okay? Wow. We have the unsportsmanlike wow. moment of the day. He couldn't, he couldn't even, <laughs> he couldn't even utter us? the words. That's wow. the thing. His he couldn't body get revolted against I th- him. I think we have. He couldn't wow. even get the lie out of his mouth. That's what happened. The lie He knew what he was saying him. wasn't true. He wow. knew the fact that the Patriots fans, they, they are the most obnoxious, one of the most obnoxious sports fans. They're right under the Eagles and the Philly sports fans in terms of the level of being obnoxious. They're bad. 
And the reason why is because they always want to win every single championship. But and they that's have. just not how sports works. They have. I'm over them. Exactly. The Bruins, you've won. The Red Sox, you've won. The Celtics, you've done it. The Pats, I've had enough of all of you. Exactly. Stop complaining. You've had more success in the past Who's two decades than any city on earth. Who's complaining? A Patriots fans do. I said they're the Boston worst team around. They're good at nothing. Do we have, by the way, my response just now ready to go? Because we have to get that. <laughs> that was an all-time awful moment in terms of my voice just now. I don't know what just happened. Funk Master I think they are. Excuse me. <laughs> go ahead. Play that again. I think they are. Excuse me. There we go. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. It sounded like I just smoked a pack right before I just said that. Next, Pat. Uh, sorry, I was distracted trying to cut this audio again. Um, I'm tired of whenever people call in and say, no one's talking about this very obvious thing that everyone's talking about. Like, Jerry Jones needs to step aside. No one's talking about that. Literally, we're all, that's like the only thing we're talking about most of the time. So you think when somebody prefaces a statement with no one's talking about, that's actually confirmation that they're talking about it. Like, yes. no offense, but it's obviously offensive, yes. right? Yes, yes. Yeah. To no one's it almost creates about. like this straw man argument type of deal. Like, why isn't anybody talking about this? Quite literally, that's all we're doing. Maybe you haven't heard it, but we do a four-hour radio program every single morning. Yep. We're talking about it. If it's going on in sports and it's interesting and it's relevant, best believe we're talking about it. Especially something like Jerry Jones being the problem. We haven't only been talking about it this year. We've been talking about it for years. I've been talking about it since I've been on air, since I retired <laughs> from the National Football League. I've been talking about it. Jerry Jones being a habitual line stepper and, and superseding the authority of the football people within his own organization. It's absolutely ridiculous. When you played anyway. there, did you feel that way or you didn't even notice it until you were elsewhere? I didn't notice it until it came time to negotiate my contract. <laughs> That's what I, no- that what I noticed. <laughs> You want to pay safeties and running backs, which a defensive lineman and offensive lineman should be making. Not necessarily a great move. Next one, Pat. I'm already so over the Victor Wimbayama hype. I mean, uh, we're seeing people oh, lose their minds over a preseason meaningless game against the Thunder. Like, Thunder let's just relax a little bit. Let's see some actual real basketball. Let's let him score one official NBA basket before we, like, put him in the Hall of Fame. Fine, but... 20 points in 19 minutes, 8 of 13 from the floor, 5 rebounds, 1 block last night. Looked very good. So did Chet Holmgren playing against him. And you can't sleep on the Thunder. You know, nobody's talking about the Thunder. As a, that's actually true. <laughs> that's actually true. Yeah. That's yeah. actually true. Yeah, right. that's Nobody, no nobody's talking about the, the, the Thunder. The Thunder are actually good. But, you know, you can't be over Wembenyama. He's played one game. No, no, I'm not over. I'm just over all of the hype around him in the preseason. Like, can we just relax a little bit? Can we just get to the actual season before we start? But it Losing was his it. first game in an NBA uniform where, like, people are allowed to say, hey, that looks cool. He's seven foot four or five doing things athletically that we've never seen. I mean, he looks different running a court than, phys- like, a physical comp would be Ralph Sampson in the 80s, okay? For those Houston Rockets played with Elijah Twin Towers. Ralph Sampson was a great player. Virginia. Ralph Sampson didn't look like Wembenyama looks. It's fair to bring him up. Yeah, when Coach Pop is talking about, yeah, we're figuring out whether or not we need to play him in the post or play him on the perimeter. This is a guy that's 7'5". You wouldn't think a guy that's 7'5 would have to do an up and under move, but probably as fluid as you would expect 
Well, not fluid, more fluid than you would expect for a man of his size. The movement skills with the size combination is an outlier. We've never seen it before in the NBA. Also, isn't this what makes sports great? The potential for greatness? And that's what Wemby is. Pat, I can't believe you're over it already. This is the best time when you're just at the beginning of somebody's career and you can have all of that hope and expectation around them. Pat's the guy that when we say there's an athlete we hype up that, that she or he is bound to be torn down. Pat's starting the teardown. Like we just built the hey, you know, CC's involved in real estate and everything like that. He just built the house. Pat would like before the people move in to tear the whole thing down. down. But you just built it yesterday. Mm -hmm. But he's gonna tear it down today. Got it, got it, got it. Anything else, Pat? Because I notice how you avoid your Phillies. Yeah, nobody's talking about Wemby. Uh, people saying that the MLB playoff format needs to change is really annoying to me. It was I was seeing it a lot with Braves fans when they were losing last night. They were like, oh well. The playoff format needs to change because it doesn't reward the teams for winning their divisions and stuff like that. Uh, no, it doesn't. Just play better. Well, okay. We brought up the conversation when you had four of the three-game playoffs end on the same day after two games. We asked the question. We didn't state it's wrong. We asked the question, is it right? That was fair. And if we're going to have short series in the next round, uh-huh. it's also fair. I think Pat is just annoyed that his team had such a collapse last night, and it's clear they're now going to lose this series. Well, I don't think that's what Pat is saying. I think he's saying he's over people asking if they should change the format. Is that correct, Pat? Yeah, I I don't see why we need to change the format. People were just complaining because the Braves were losing, and then all of a sudden the Braves were winning, and all those people stopped saying that the format needed to change. Yeah, they love the format. They love the format. I don't understand what they want the format to be. The division series is a best of five. I mean, the, the, the team that has the better record or the team that won their division is going to host the first two games. They just want a vessel to complain about their team without actually blaming their team. Yeah. Well, yes, but I, I will defend those people complaining. When I, when you have a team that won 104 games, they should be able to win a first round, for them, a first round series. Not a first round, but like they would look at it and say, we're in the wrong format if the two teams that won over 100 games, Baltimore and Atlanta, both lose in their first timeout. That's what they're saying. They're saying that if you're that good, you should find a way deeper into the playoffs. But to your point, Smalls, if they lose, if they get outplayed, what are you supposed to do about that? That's on them. That's not on the format. Well, the next five games determine the future of one NFL head coach. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.